We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil. That is uh, Tyler. Neil McCrady, Tyler Siski here with you on this Monday afternoon. It's May the 22nd. Um, All day long. A little programming note, I guess. Next Monday's Memorial Day, so we'll, uh, we'll not be we'll, here. We'll take the day off. <laughs> if you're going to have a McCrady and Siski, it'll be McCrady powered by rain, total body fuel. No, I will not. I will not. I, I'm, I'm, I will hope, hopefully, I hopefully spend most of that day by the pool. I hope I'm on the boat. Need the pool to have water in it. I'm going to the lake. First time in a minute. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I hadn't been to, I hadn't been on the lake in a gazillion years. We can go when you want to. Yeah, got a spot, Lake Widawi. Okay, good spot. You water ski? Uh, no, never really did as a kid. I, I may tell you what I I attempt. I'm not bad. I mean, I can do it. Um, but I'm not like great at it. You know? Yeah. Um, I like to do all the other stuff with getting pulled by the boat, but not a great. I'm not a great skier. I think I got frustrated at an early age because other people were better than me, and I felt like a failure athletic-wise doing it, so I didn't really try to become good. I was good as a kid. I haven't done it since high school, but I was good as a kid skiing. My kids are good. Yeah, it was fun. So, But not me. I could get up on one. I could drop one. I was I was dangerous. Uh, Kyle came in with a super chat. Thank you, Kyle. Said, Siski, how much would you charge to give the Biden administration a real pep talk? I'd do it for free. Oh, yeah. I, no I, charge. I might even pay to do it. Um, hell, we are paying them to do it. <laughs> Taxes. <laughs> they wouldn't listen. Yeah. They wouldn't listen. They're, they're, they're completely checked out on reality. They are. It's, it's, it's abysmal. Just common sense party. I give it just to anybody listening. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. We need a common sense pep talk. Everybody. Everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I won't go here now. I'm, I'm. I find it incredible that we are kind of where we are as a society right now in in America. Oh, that, that's unbelievable. That, dude. that we are on the precipice of an election 
The following is not political. This is a, a statement of fact. We are on the precipice of an election of an 82-year-old incumbent president who his polling data, I saw today, among people who identify as independents, his approval rating among people who identify as independents is less than 15%. I think anyone could watch this man on television and say there's a decent chance that all of his faculties are not rolling. Okay? Okay. His running mate, the sitting vice president, is one of the least popular political figures in American history. Okay? That, that, no, no, she is least popular. I didn't say she's terrible or that she's a bad person. And it appears that that ticket is going to run against a former United States president who will be 78 years old. Okay? 78 years old. Twice impeached. <laughs> Teflon. Um, he has been um, recently found... Uh, I guess libel. So pretty much every controversy that could ever happen to a human being, he's has he, happened. He's under indictment. <laughs> and I mean, hey, that's I mean, it's the best choices y'all can give us. I mean, that's that's my point. I keep waiting for someone to go to put down their political ideology for just a moment and go, how do we get to where that's what's running? That's the choice. I, I say that all the time. That kills me. You're telling me America. This is allegedly the greatest country on the on the globe that's what we say free we get a chance to do podcasts yeah yeah wear bengal shirts yeah have great conversation but the best two guys you can find me to lead our country are these two guys that's my point that, and, and i'm sure here's i'm sure the, someone listening to that and go you're being political i'm, yeah. I'm really not no, no, the that, jokes that, on everybody the jokes on all of us <laughs> that when you walk into the booth to pull the lever you're basically you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Well, and there will be millions of Americans who will step into the the voting booth on that Tuesday and vote against someone. That is, that's true. It's not like there've been a few times in our country's history where people voted for someone. I mean, Reagan, Obama, those two come to mind in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, you know, where people were excited to vote for Ronald Reagan, people were lined up in the cold for blocks and blocks to vote for Barack Obama. Um Hey, let's go vote against somebody is more popular. It's not even that's not exactly inspirational. Yeah. And that's kind of where it feels like we're headed. And yeah, some people lining up to vote for the guy from the apprentice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, even in that election when he won, a lot of people voted they were voting against Hillary they Clinton. Were, they were voting against someone more. So if, if you're willing to go back four more years, it was a guy who had never been in political office against one of the least popular political figures in, in, in the modern era who the one party just assumed that it was her turn. Hey, did you ever watch House of Cards? Yes. Do you know that is based allegedly out of the voices out of Washington? People in Washington have told me that that show is loosely based on the Clintons. Yeah. Do you yeah. know that? You ever heard that? I have heard that, and having watched – the show until the most recent episodes when they completely went off off the rails. When they went, Kevin Spacey yeah. had his little thing. Um, That's yeah. a great show, too. House of Cards? Yeah. Oh, it was excellent. One of the best shows yeah. I've ever watched. Because it was fictional yet sort of realistic. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that, cool. That's a category, right? Realistic fiction? Sure. What's it called? Isn't there like a name for it? It probably is. 
Well, I thought you were Mr. Book Guy. I thought you had a. I, I, I thought you were just throw me some knowledge. I don't know what that is. All right, hey, uh, before we get going too much into the end of the weekend that was, I had an experience this weekend, and I got to throw some shout out. Not a sponsor. We'll never be a sponsor. But if anyone is ever in the Memphis area, uh, and it's particularly in the South Haven area, there I, I got done. We had a like a seventy-seven hour uh, wait in between games yesterday. And I've decided, by gosh, I want to go get some brunch. We got done at like 1045 or something. Mm -hmm. And so we had plenty of time. I I probably could have came home and gone back. But we didn't play again, I think, to like 345 or something. So it was just me and Brock, my 15-year-old. That's that sweet spot where if you leave at 1045, you're home by noon. But then you got to leave again (laughs) around 2. Yeah, right. So it's like, is it really worth driving all the way home for two hours at home? Right. So And then wasting gas and everything else, time and all car. So I hit the old Yelp button. And uh, I found a place that was, like, highly rated, you know, and I was like, okay, I'd start driving there. Dude, it takes me in the middle of one of these rundown shopping centers from the 80s. I felt like I was in a time machine. This place was called Country Skillet on State Line Road right behind South Haven High School. Okay. Like, to the point we pull up, and it's just like a little bitty shop out in the middle of, you know, like like Larson's here in Oxford, like that kind of shopping center, Mm -hmm. but even older. Okay, but like like you would go into that Chinese restaurant, you know, it was just kind of on the side right there. Yeah. Dude, there was a church service happening in the in the the place next to you and you walk in there, the nicest people you have ever come across in your life are working there. You know, they're like they come there and I'll start looking at the menu and Brock goes, "Oh my gosh. This is cheap." They haven't changed the prices, I think, since the Reagan administration. Oh, they're like rivals. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> we got two. So I got a breakfast deal with pancakes, eggs, bacon, the whole gamut, biscuits, the whole gamut. Brock Duck gets French toast and all this eggs and all this stuff. Two drinks. And then he he he's like really hungry. So he's like, I want they had a homemade Reese Reese pie, uh what peanut butter pie. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And he gets a piece of that, eighteen dollars and thirty six cents for both of us. That's two months of rivals. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But like six bucks for breakfast. And it was it was so good. I mean, it felt like I was at home. The cooking, it was like I was eating my grandmother's food. It was just good. That's good. Country breakfast. And people were so nice. And so, so shout out to the country shout skillet. Shout out to the country skillet. If you're ever in the Memphis area, they're only open from seven to two. Yeah. That's it. Every day of the week. And like they knew the people. It was like cheers, man. There was like a guy sitting at a table next to us. She, and she didn't take his order. She just brought him his food. Hey, you know, he comes there every day. I mean, it was like, it was, it was cool, man. I was, and Brock goes, uh, he goes, that was weird. I said, no, that's how life used to be, used to be before Chili's and everything else. Cause it really wasn't that long ago. If you think about it, I don't guess where I grew up before chain restaurants became a thing. I'm trying to think about 30 it. 30 years, maybe 25 years. I mean, I can remember. When the first McDonald's came to Ruston. Well, that's fast food. I'm talking like real restaurants. Like like chain restaurants? Think about this. Red Lobster used to be, when it was one of the first ones, and you were you were eating fancy if you were going to Red Lobster. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were splurging. I'm trying to think in Ruston what chains were there. There was a, was it Long John Silver's? That's fast food. Okay. I'm thinking that's I mean, like, like Chili's, well, O'Charlie's, oh, TGI no. Fridays, no. Outback. When I was a kid, none of those Bonefish pl- Grill. None of those places ever went to Ruston. They probably still haven't gone to Ruston. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but like even in Monroe, which would be the closest big town, uh, it was a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's till those kind of places showed up. That's kind of the cool thing about Oxford is you know downtown there's not any right, so <clears throat> you know I enjoy it. I, I think it's it was it was really good. But all right, so baseball we got some baseball hicks. All right, so funny story. Um, Friday, I go uh, drop Aaron. We all pack up and go. Knox has his games. The Ox- or Oxford Orioles playing in Tupelo again. It was like a weird time, and I knew we were going to be there all night. So me and Brock went to go get something to eat while they did their little warm-up or whatever, right? And I uh, come back in. We sit down, get a chair, and sit down. And the five minutes after I'm sitting down at in front of the fence, the opposing coach walks all the way across the field and finds me and says, hey, we're not going to beat any of your icks this weekend, are we? <laughs> I start laughing. You know, ah, ha, ha. They play another game right before the start of the game. The other coach from the other team, so a wholly different team, comes all the way over to me and says, hey, we're not going to do anything to be X this week. So the X segment is oh, rampantly good. running through the 7U baseball. Of, but I did have an ick from 7U baseball. All right. I got one. Okay. And I got one from uh, from 15U. All right. So this had nothing to do with coach, the actual 7U. We're walking in the tournament, and, you know, you pay your gate fee, which they're very proud of, by the way. But you go, you pay your gate fee, and it never fails. It's always, hey, I'm coach or player. You know, coach comes in, doesn't have to pay, so he keeps walking. So he comes through, and he's like, I was walking by, or he was walking behind me very fast in the parking lot. He's in a rush. And so it was not even a 7 year coach. It was either 8 or 9 year or whatever. But he's, he's chirping at his kid, but it's his kid. He can chirp however he wants to. And I, I go to pay. Well, he comes running through the gate and goes, coach. And she goes, excuse me, sir, uh, can you sign this? You know, you had to sign that you're a coach. And he goes, I've never had to do that before. Why do I got to sign as a coach now? And he starts, like, making a scene about signing the book. Hey, asshole, sign the book. She's just doing her job. Would have been easier just to sign just the book. Just sign the book. But mm-hmm. he, he, and this lady, she's like, she's probably mid-60s, sweet lady. She's there every time. I actually, you know, reminds me of my grandmother, God rest her soul. And looks just like uh, my gee, looks just like her, and and so sweet lady, and she's he's over here berating this freaking this lady about having to sign his name in a book. Just hey asshole, sign your name. And I I may or may not have that. I didn't. I think I left out the asshole part. And he started entering again. I said, hey man, why don't you just sign your name and go and go warm him up? And he kind of looked at me and he signed his name, went and warmed him up. But that's just he decided he wanted any of that action. I would I wasn't. Uh, I was in flip flops. I was not in. I was. Or I was in shoes. I wasn't in the in the area to do that. So that was one. And then I had one other ick. Okay. Um, and this is kind of it's an ick, but it's it needs to be probably talked about if you have a 15 year old son that plays that's still playing. 15, 15 is this funny age when it comes to quote unquote travel baseball, right? Is the casual baseball player really has, has stopped playing? Yes. It is. This is this way in travel soccer too. Okay, so it's yeah. it's it's time to either you're not playing for. I mean, you're playing for fun, but you you're you're doing it for exposure or development, for whatever, development or whatever. exposure, yeah, or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a funny age. With rare exception, you're not playing anymore because mom or dad wants you to play. Correct. You're right. playing because you're on your. You know, the kids that didn't make their high school team or whatever, they're not playing anymore, right? Right. So we're playing, and there's only four teams in this tournament, right? 
and one of the teams is like super all-star team. They got players from Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi. They got players from everywhere. And so I'm coaching third base, and we're terrible. We're like the Oakland A's of 15U. We got just enough. If we roll out there and the things hit just right, we may win a game here and there. But we're not going. We're not any danger to win the World Series. You're not winning half. Uh, well, I, depends on the draw because the A's aren't getting the half. Yeah, we, the A's depe- are not threatening. 500. It depends on the draw. If the draw was like like we had to play this this super team twice in a row, right? So that what didn't didn't bode well for the for the old uh, Giants this weekend. All right, so there was a, there was uh, I had to coach third base. And there was a particular young man that wouldn't shut up. And he's out there. He's got pearls around his neck. He's got every shield, every shield ever made. He's got to look good when he's in a box. He's wearing a hoodie and a mask and everything else. And he wouldn't shut up. And what I mean by wouldn't shut up was he was disrespecting the game. He was being so overly cocky that it was disrespecting the game. And for me... And you can call me old man yelling at cloud and all that stuff. A big part of this deal is learning how to play the game the correct way. So it would be like a, a routine ground ball to shortstop. Well, instead of just throwing a guy out, he did the old perfect game, load it up, crow hop, and throw it as hard as he can to first base to make it a bang-bang play. Like he could have thrown the guy out by 30 feet. Um, up by like 10 runs in the last inning, stealing bases first and third. You know, stuff like that. And, he, yeah. and when we had – I could hear him and because I'm on coaching third base and he was playing in the infield area close to me. Just wouldn't shut up. And, and he was talking shit about my players. Rude. Now, they couldn't hear him. But he thought he was having like – it was like a bully fest. You know, like and you got a bunch a, of – This is a kid who's committed to an SEC school? I can't – I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to lay – I'm going to let it go. Committed to a school? I'm just going to let it go. He's committed I'm not to, gonna, to a school. I, I'm just – I don't – it's 15 years old. I still feel okay. bad about even talking about it a little bit. Now, the coach of the said team, great guy, to the point to where when that happened, he turned around and apologized to one of our coaches said, hey, I did not tell him to do that. Like, he's actually trying – he was – they were great. Yeah. Okay. And this is just one kid. It's not, I mean, this is yeah, yeah, one yeah. particular kid. Yeah. Coaches were great. Organization's great. A lot of respect for them, all that stuff. But the parents aren't great. <laughs> I don't know the parents. I don't know them. I'm just bad. The kid's not from anywhere around here. Okay. All right. I do know. I can tell you that. And um, I know a kid on that team. Great kid, great family, loving to death, known him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the point to where the things that he was saying, like there were some girls that were there, and he's over there going, Hey, talking to the guy. Hey, who's that? Who are those girls over there in the front row? Yeah, I'd like to do something to that. Oh no, no, no! And it, no. that's I, where you got you're coming off my field. And so, you're, you're, you're his sitting. coach couldn't. In his coach's defense, couldn't hear him. Okay, couldn't hear him. I could hear him. And so, I, he he was very, and it was more of stuff along those lines and saying things that crossed the line. And uh, the umpire heard him. And I went out there to change pitchers for the 87th, 87th time I went out there. And I said, does this guy ever shut up? He goes, no. I said, and you know what the umpire, this is umpire now. You know what he said to me? He's about my age. He goes, you know the difference between our age and their age? And I said, what's that? He goes, he wouldn't be doing that if, it, if, this, was, if we, this was 25 years ago because he'd be wearing about three of them in the ear. Yep. 
and it'd be over. But yep. now you go to jail if you do that. But I just oh, I'm in, I, listen. I'm in, I'm in the I'm in the minority with with and, and, you know what I mean. I'm not old man yelling clouds. I can't stand pimping the home run. I can't stand the throwing the bat and stuff. I just I, I guess different time, different age. Well, you they, just didn't. I didn't. You would. I would have never wanted a teammate to do it because I don't want to follow that to the plate, and I'm the one wearing it for your stuff. Yeah, baseball. Baseball has karma gods. I mean, it does. I was a hit it, put the bat down, and run. So he gets up to the plate. It's like a three-one count. It's a strike. He thinks it's a ball. He does the old bat flip, walk to first base, and the umpire calls it a strike. And then he's got to stare and stare at fifteen years old. Stare at the umpire like. Like stuff, it was just it yeah. never stopped. It yeah. this went on for the whole day yesterday, and so as the day went on, I progressively got more pissed as the day went on, and then I got I got to, uh, and then we had a a guy was stealing a base, and then our pitcher was holding the ball. He was on first, and he just wouldn't pick him off. He was just holding it. There's no pitch clock. Yeah, and the guy was getting inches, and then he yells, "Throw the ball to the pitcher," and he ends up stealing second base because we couldn't do anything right. This weekend. And I had a player of mine that went up about 15 points in my book. And he got to second base. He walked over there and said, I want to hear another fucking word out of your mouth. And I went, that's my guy. So y'all are playing against like Fernando Tatis Jr.? Is that yeah, who it was? apparently. Yeah, just minus $50 million. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, that's the other thing. It's like, hey, guys, just chill out. Because it just really, uh, I don't know. You're either, but from a coaching standpoint, if you got co- kids that are doing that, you got to cut that shit out. That's being a respectful right. human. Like that's you, my point. That's the stuff. Like baseball. Look, I can I can teach you the basics, the fundamentals, but you got to be talented to do it. I mean, baseball is not a lot about coaching as much as it is about culture and and the right way to do things. And that was that was bad mojo. <laughs> All right, you want some money on Bruce Kepka? I did. His name's Brooks, though. Brooks, I meant. All right. So uh, Miss, PG- that's me, Mister Mister Golf. All right, so the PGA Championship, uh, I'll probably be the one talking about this, and you'll probably just nod your head. But Brooks Kepka, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, was probably going to be my golfer that took over for Tiger when Tiger, that's the guy I've been pulling for. Mm-hmm. Went to live, kind of lost, uh, don't get to see him as much, but he is a dog, man. That's his fifth major. Like, he's in rarefied air, and he's done it all in the last six, you know, since 17, what's that, seven seasons now? Um what he, how he, I ended up, I saw him, he started playing, grinding them out on Friday. So I put a live bet in him Friday afternoon, about halfway through his round. Um, I got him at plus 2,200. I actually put one on him and Rory. I think I got Rory at 2,800 because my other guy stunk. Um, and so I got the hit at plus 2,200. So that was, that was uh, awesome. But the inter- what was crazy, and I know you didn't see this because you didn't watch it. So the 16th hole on Saturday, Corey Connors was leading the tournament by like two shots, two or three shots. And um, he hits one. He's played great the whole tournament. And he hits a, he flares one out. It was a very difficult course. He hits one in this trap on the 16th, uh, in the bunker on the 16th. And he shanks it out of the bunker and really shank it. He topped it. And he, instead of getting it out of the bunker, it was in nine iron, very easy. Like pros don't miss this shot. I mean, they're freaking pros. That's something me and you would do, right? And he, and he plugs it into the face. Of, I mean, he's halfway through the bunker. He hits a low-line drive skull and plugs it into the side of the bunker, into the face of the bunker. 
Um, and got lucky that it was actually in the very where the sand met the grass. If he had done it, plugged it in the sand, it'd have been a two-stroke penalty. But he still had to drop it. Ends up double bogeying and never recovered. He he dropped the shots and that was it. And then Hovland and Kepka yesterday were going down down to the wire. Hovland damn near hits it. He hits it in the same bunker, damn near in the same exact spot that Corey Connors did the day before, and did the exact same damn thing and plugged it into the side. I mean, I'm talking about from you know, 10 feet away where it's easy. I mean, you can get it up almost in the exact, <laughs> yeah, almost in the exact same mark that he did it the day before. And then ended up taking him out and basically secured uh, Brooks. So the 16th hole bunker was very good to Brooks. Um, but my opinion on Brooks a little bit, I seem a little bit different as all these other live guys. He wasn't wearing his live stuff yesterday. Like, you know, Phil Mickelson, all those guys wear their little logos and stuff out there. He was still repping Nike. You know, he he looked like a normal golfer yesterday. Um, and my my opinion on Liv's changing a little bit. I think it's gone the way of the woolly mammoth. I think they've had their run. Um, and it's just turning it into a debacle that it's not really a competitor of the PGA Tour, even with the money. Um, so I'm just, like, indifferent. But it's good to see those guys out there and competing. Um, and even to further the debacle, I had to bring this up. I had this to talk about last Thursday. I know you didn't see it. So the live, they went to the CW, right? That's the network that picked them up. Yeah. The ratings are so bad that they stopped reporting the ratings two tournaments ago. And so finally about last, yeah, last weekend, weekend before the tournament, they finally had the tournament where they actually had the guys that they paid for were all in contention. Because usually some random guy you've never heard of wins these live tournaments. So they had DJ, and you had uh, Bryson's up there, Patrick Reed's up there. All these PGA, former PGA Tour greats are in, in contention. And with four holes to play, going down the back stretch, the CW just switched over to regular schedule programming. <laughs> <laughs> just out of the blue, dude. They didn't even see the finish. They just went over to, like, Malcolm in the middle or see, something. I, I just don't think there are enough. I mean, if you watch a golf tournament, not necessarily talking about the majors, but if you're watching a golf tournament, you're probably a pretty big golf fan. I don't know that there's enough golf fans to support two operations. Oh, there's not. But the thing about it is, like, I think they thought that they were going to have um, more guys leave because of the money. Yeah. And, like, Brooks has even said, like, I, he hasn't flat out said it. You know, he was hurt. Did you watch the? Did you watch any of the full swing stuff on Netflix? I've not. There's he's on an episode. Yeah. And he's down, dude. Like, and that's that's part of the deal. Yesterday is a story of him coming back. He didn't think he was gonna be able to play golf again. And so he kind of took the money. Sure. Because he didn't know if he was gonna make it back. And if he knew that he was gonna be healthy again, I don't know if he'd ever left. Because the the legacy of chasing the majors and things like that is what drives him, obviously. And he's the perfect live player though, because he doesn't give a shit about any tournaments but the majors. and basically, Or the week before the major, because he's getting in tune. So he'll start playing, bet him the week before a major if he's playing in a tournament or whatever. But that's kind of how he does does things. and um, he's, So he's the perfect player for the for live. But I just think that's hilarious that they, they ha finally had the tournament to get him the, the ratings, and they just switched over to, you know, 70 show or some shit on <laughs> with four holes to go. People were pissed that were actually watching it. I have yet to watch a live tournament on TV, and you know how much I love golf. All right, this is not on the sheet. This has just popped up on some social media. I'm curious to get your thoughts real right. quick. This is a life thing. 
Okay. We're talking about presidential candidates. Okay. Tim Scott, the uh, senator from South Carolina, mm -hmm. is running. Mm -hmm. Tim Scott is 57 years old. Okay. He's never been married, and he has no children. Okay. Does his lack of a family, in your eyes, disqualify him as a candidate? No. Hurt him as a candidate? Anything? Not for me. See, I think it does for me. I mean, I'd have to listen. To the I'm, guy. Not, I'm not judging the guy. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't. If if you don't have any, if you don't have any stake in the game. Yeah, I mean, for me, it doesn't. Okay. Okay. I mean, not that. I mean, I'd have to listen to him and say, if he came out with some crazy stuff that I said that's because you didn't. I just haven't heard anything that would say that. That doesn't. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I just I'd have to hear the guy. Okay. All right. Um, and then lastly, on the golf thing, I know you saw this because if you didn't see this, then I quit. Michael Block, the great story from yesterday. I mean, I've I've seen about it after it's over. Have you seen the movie Ten Cup? Um, with Kevin Costner. I'm aware of the movie. I've never watched. It. Are you kidding me? I've never watched it. What have you been watching? Um. Ten Cups, one of the greatest movies of all time. Here's the thing. I mean, it's right up there with like, you know, it's, it should have won Best Picture in 1896 and didn't. Here's the thing. When you mention the word golf, for me, I immediately sort of check out. I, I It just doesn't do it well, for me. Well, it's a great flick. You should okay. watch it. All right. So, Michael Block, the PGA Tour, uh, PGA uh, teacher, I guess, instructor, PGA, whatever they call him. He's got this all shucks, this the all shucks move, and it's just undefeated, man. But there's some of the all shucks. I'm probably going to be be canceled for making this comment, and we're no, we're going to go to zero listeners. The all shucks. There's only so much you can get away with that. It's getting a little bit. It's working for him, so keep doing it. It's a great story, even without the all shucks. But to hit a hole in one, okay, mm -hmm. and tell me that everyone there saw it go in the hole, but you come on now, like every the guy standing next to you, your caddy, the other caddy, everybody. Everybody at that hole saw it go in the hole but you. What was interesting about the hole-in-one is that usually a hole-in-one lands on the green and then rolls in. And he dunked it. And his just went straight in, yeah. which I don't know that I've ever really seen before. The only shot I've ever – I've never had a hole-in-one. The longest I've ever had hole out from the fairway was like 125 on a par five. And Greenville at the Robert Trent Jones par five. And I dunked it. So – It'll jack the cup, and it will. If you do it, it'll mess the cup up. Wouldn't he have heard it go in? No. Okay. I mean, you hear it hit the pin. But, like, I don't know with all those people there. I don't know if you can hear or not. I've never played golf in front of that many people. But telling me that you walk. All right, so this is where the all shucks moment. Okay, that's one thing. I was like, come on, man. You got to know it went in. Roy McElroy tells him it goes in. He walks 25 or 30 yards down the tee box. And then, so he's been told 15 times that it went in the hole. And he looks over the crowd and goes, did it go in? Like, he, he's playing it up a little bit. Okay. All right. And then Is it possible that he just was off in cloud nine? Yeah, but the all shucks. I'm all for it. The story is great. I love it. I'm tuned in. But, okay, how about how, I'm telling everybody, hey, you got a little bit of a talent. You got a little talent. Okay? You got a little bit of talent. Everybody's acting like this guy just came off the driving range and never played golf before. You know, people don't realize this. He's already played in two tournaments this year. Everybody's acting like this was his big PGA moment. He played the American Express. Uh, he played in the American Express and the uh, Farmers Insurance Open in January. 
So oh, okay. He's already played in in two legit PGA Tour events this year before this. So to act like this was some guy coming off the street somewhere and never played golf before. This wasn't some cat coming off the, the Ruston Country Club Correct. course. Correct, yeah, right. yeah. And so, but the cool thing, I'm all for it. He got two, He and he's got, it's working for him, though. He got two straight sponsors exemptions. Yeah. Um, but he won't, he won't be able to last, uh, very long in the PGA with these deals because he was hitting like, Hey, he made them, but dude, he was so, he can't hit it very far. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle for him. Brought to you by rain total body fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at rain body fuel to learn more. Um, are oh, you want to get into this deal or what? Which one are you doing the NFL thing? No, let's, going- let's just do the, right, let's I, go we're, we're probably going to be talking about this for a minute. All so right. I don't want to go forever today. All right. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> you're going to get me fired at home. I'm going to be, Hey, how's the, you got any couches up here? I can sleep on. <laughs> that won't be a problem. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, all right. This is it's from on three. Credit where credit's due. Pete Nakos, I believe yep. is how you say his name. He writes, a draft of congressional legislation is being circulated throughout collegiate stakeholder groups that would establish an NIL clearinghouse, which would have the power to fine anyone, sue anyone, and ban anyone from participating in college athletics. Drafted by the office of Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, the legislation has been titled the College Sports NIL Clearinghouse Act of 2023, a source provided on three with the draft, which would basically establish another version of the NCAA to preside over name, image, and likeness activity. NCAA lobbyists have long pushed for a piece of federal legislation that would give oversight power in college athletics new markets of endorsements and collectives, the clearinghouse would also be given an antitrust exemption, another major item on the NCAA's wish list. As the drafted bill states, the NIL clearinghouse shall carry out enforcement actions for any violation of this act, including by levying fines, imposing penalties, including suspension or a permanent ban of an individual or entity from participation in varsity intercollegiate sports competition for a period determined by the NIL clearinghouse and commencing civil actions and seeking all appropriate legal, equitable, or other relief, including damages and injunctions. The purpose behind the NIL clearinghouse would be to monitor compliance, establish and enforce penalties, and provide educational information to athletes. The legislation provides some protections to athletes, including prohibiting institutions from limiting playing time or making changes to scholarships as retaliation for an NIL deal. Yet, universities would have the power to prohibit their athletes from entering into agreements that would violate state law or the student contact code. Institutions would have the right to provide each enrolled student athlete a list of entities athletes would be prohibited from entering business relationships with. The clearinghouse would provide any information to the Federal Trade Commission, the Department of Justice, and the Attorney General of any state. 
uh, the College Sports NIL Clearinghouse Act would also give immense power to institutions and conferences while taking a major shot at taking down NIL collectives, which have surfaced at nearly every Power 5 school over the last 22 months. The race in college athletics has morphed into stockpiling the most cash to distribute to current players so recruits know what they can make once they enroll at the college. According to the bill, there would be nothing limiting their, the ability of an institution, conference, or athletic association to prohibit a third party from providing a student-athlete with a recruiting inducement or compensation for participating in a sport. One final paragraph. Civil suits the NCAA Clearinghouse would like to bring against athletes or third parties could be prosecuted by the Attorney General. The drafted bill states the Attorney General can bring a civil action for a violation of this act in any appropriate district court uh, of the United States. All right. Let's break this down for a second. I told you before we started today, I guess that was Friday that comes out. And I see the headlines that we have a bill introduced. I get really excited. I click it and I read through it. And this isn't it. Like, that's what we've come up with. Like, this is what we've come up with. Like, this has nothing to do with even addressing the problems. Like, we're over here talking about fixing this, and you're over here talking about doing something completely different. Like, where were you in the room? With, like, who brought this to go, hey, I got this great idea. This is what we're going to do. We're going to create a whole deal to do this. They can't sue us. We're going to get rid of collect. Like, it doesn't fix any problem. Like, it's a whole different set of issues. It's like we're talking about fixing chicken, and you're over here baking a cake. I don't even know what we're doing. This was the most, like, that's what we've come up with? I've, I've been telling you this for the longest time. Congress does not want to fool with this. <laughs> I've told you this for a long time. I'm sourced on this. Congress does not want to fool with this. Oh, they, it's dead on arrival. I don't even know why. Like, this is, well, this is someone. It's a waste of time. This is someone got got. This is Lindsey Graham, I'm assuming, or someone in, in his office doing a favor for someone. Someone's got some some tickets coming their way at Clemson games or Carolina games or something. Um, no, this this isn't this isn't it. I don't even know what it is, but this isn't it. So you have you have you have a basic problem in Washington as it pertains to this topic. The Democrats want the student athletes to be employees. Yes. And to get the protection, protections that are uh, commiserate with being an employee. Right. The Republicans want no part of that Correct. in any shape, form, or fashion. And there is no middle ground. The schools don't want them to be employees. Correct. The NCAA does not want them to be employees. Correct. And... In this one, this isn't siding with Republicans over Democrats. This is a failure of. This is a, this is this is a failure of 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 people to be able to take a step back from political correctness, to take a step back from well, this is how it should be. Like you always tell your kids, right? There's there's an ideal world, and there's, <laughs> and there's the real a real world. world. Yep. Okay. And in the ideal world, we're all even, kumbaya, hold hands. In the real world, it ain't nothing like that. It never has been, and it's never going to be. No matter how, how idealistic anybody wants to be, no matter how much DEI and all that stuff you want to put out, people are different, and it's never going to be that way. 
Yep. But here's the basic problem that everybody has with this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's why I think the only answer is time is going to sort this out. Or, and I'll touch on this in a minute, I'll give credit to, what's the writer's name? Pete Nakos. He mentions this, so I'll get to it in a second. If you make them employees, yeah, can Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Michigan, can they afford to make their football players employees? Sure. Yep. Sure. Okay. At all of those schools? Every one of them. But what about men's and women's golf? What about women's soccer? What about the track and field teams? What about the equestrian team or at Ole Miss, the rifle team. What about volleyball? What about um, swimming and diving? What about schools that have, yeah, swimming and diving, gymnastics, softball, all of that stuff. They, they have to become employees too. Okay. Well, here's your problem. You run a business at quick. You, you and I were talking about this earlier. You might accidentally at some point bring in a spot that turns out to be a, financial drain on the business you'll quickly rectify it but you'll never intentionally go okay so here's what we're going to do guys we've got this branch of quick you that's making a bunch of money so what we're going to do is we're going to form a new branch that it's not gonna make any money it's gonna make us feel good it's gonna look good and we're gonna do it no 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 no. but the schools have to do that because of title nine if there was no title nine legislation at all the schools i just mentioned yeah 
they would go, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep playing football because it makes money. Those 86,000 people that uh, come into Jordan-Hare every Saturday, we still want them. 85-214 grind. We still want them. Men's basketball, eh, you know what? We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. But, hey, let's be cool with the budget, okay, guys? At a few schools, all right, we'll play baseball. But now, look, this travel stuff that we're doing, back off. Let's just stay around here. Everything else is canceled today. Peace. I mean, I'm sorry, but. Love you. Love you, but that track and field complex, we don't need it anymore. Shut it down. Shut it down. We, Shut we, it down We're now. not playing volleyball. Uh, no more gymnastics. Swimming and diving, way too expensive. Shut it down. Um, equestrian, <laughs> no. No, we're killing all that. Golf, no, 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 no golf. We Yo, still have golf. They, they're not going to play golf. <laughs> they're going to kill it all. But they don't because of Title IX. That's correct. So you can't treat something that is a business but isn't a business suddenly like a business. Yes. And so if you want... That's the part that no what nobody gets. And they come back with, and this is the whole, well, it shouldn't be this way thing. Well, if they wouldn't pay the coaches so damn much money, and if they wouldn't pay the administrators so damn much money, there'd be more money to go around. I get it. Ideal world, real world. In the real world, the head of Coca-Cola makes a hell of a lot of money. Yes, he does. Would it make sense in some figurative world? For the head of Coca-Cola to give himself a 600% pay cut, pass that money down, probably would. That's how he got to be the head of Coca-Cola. And Total, so, you know what I mean? Yep. That's that's that, that's the real world, ideal world thing. And and this is where it, it's not touched on. Cotto says right here, and this is, you know, the three highlights I got out of this article. All right, and I'll go ahead and bring this up for you, Cotto. Is the, the NIL clearinghouse, what they're trying to develop is unsuable. They made themselves above the law in this bill, so you can't sue them. So that was like point one that they made: is there's you can't bring any lawsuits against them. All right, so they they're what do they call it? Antitrust, whatever they call it. Yeah. All right, so you can't do that. So they took that out. Getting rid of collectives is two, and then the funny part for me, like I don't even know, like this this told me everything I needed to know about whoever came up with this bill. You know, there's always parts in those articles and this information that you go, okay, this guy didn't know what he's doing. Hey, you can't hold any <laughs> – you can't punish a kid by taking their playing time away. Now, how in the hell – hey, you going to force me to play somebody? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not going to prove that he was – his playing time was cut. His playing time is cut like because he sucks. You know, as a coach – this is the one thing I really loved about college athletics as opposed to high, high school sports or even what I'm doing now. Do you know how we get paid, Neil? And when you're a coach, do you know how you get paid or why you get paid? To win. To win, okay? There are no politics when it comes to college sports and playing time. We're not playing a guy because we think we like this guy better than the other guy because he's a cooler person. In fact, there's a lot of times where the kid that you really like is the one that doesn't play. A lot of times. A lot of times. You're playing the guy that gives you the best chance to feed your family. And so, so whoever said that is, come on. I mean, I just, it, I lost everything when it comes to that. And the employees thing will never get fixed. And the most important thing about this is this, tw this 24 election cycle is about to hit full speed. Yes. And they're not going to be fighting this thing, you know, 
through the summer. They get it. They if they don't have anything by the summer, it, it, it's dead on arrival anyway. But it was something that would have to be done uh, quickly. And the very last part of that article that yeah. I found very fascinating was it said there is no Plan B, and they think that Plan B is to let the NCAA to completely fall flat on their face. Plan B, in my view, is that there will be a scandal. Tom McMillan, a former congressman who is the CEO of Lead One Association, recently told on three, and it will compel Congress to act. It just always works that way. We don't want that to happen. We would rather do this preemptively, but Plan B is there's going to be a crisis. You have a situation where you really have un- unaccountable NIL collectives and student athletes without a transparent market. Yeah. So. Oh, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, there's a, I lot, mean, I, I, a lot of language in there that's just. Here's what's going to happen, okay? Kids are going to be promised money that they don't get. They're going to go public about it. The market's going to, at some point, I don't know if it takes a year, if it takes 10 years, if it takes six months, or if it takes 20 years, the market at some point will figure itself out. It's going to work itself out. And to me, this and, all- and and we we've talked about this not to interrupt. We've no, talked about we've talked about this so many times. As these seasons come and go, okay. You know, we talked about this. Kentucky's going to play South Carolina. They ain't both winning. Nope. So as the seasons come and go, and the wins and the losses accumulate, and people have a chance to take a step back and go, well, no, wait a minute. You guys said that. If we raised X million, you'd win X games. X games. You didn't. Is it going to lead to coaches getting fired? So they bring in the next coach, or does it lead to people? Or does it lead to people going, "This is stupid"? And on the flip side, hey, you said if we gave you this much money, you'd win, and by God, you did. Here Here's it is. More. Here's yeah. more. Yeah. I, it's one something is going to happen, and and. You're going to create a further separation, which is what we, you and I have talked about since the beginning. You're, yes. going, you're, you're continuing to keep a bigger separation between the haves and the have-nots. But there are only so, like, there are only so many, te- like, starting in next year, there's only 12 teams can make the playoffs. 12. It's a finite number. It's not 13. It's 12. And so, if you're one of the schools that's making the playoffs year after year after year, it's probably worth it. If you're one of the schools that isn't, you have a decision to make at some point. Is it really worth investing in this, or should we invest in this, this, and this? Or what should we? That, all of it's going to work itself out. So I have a lot of respect for the Chris Beards of the world when they come on shows like mine and say, "This is still new, really new. We're still figuring it out." Well, let's let's it's, use. It's been less than two years because I know how this fan base is. So because I've lived here and I still live here, let's talk about Ole Miss. They've done a great job at NIL. In the collective. Yes. I think, and I'm being dead serious because you know I would like to, I, I, I would think the world of Walker Jones. I think he's, I like him a lot. I've known him for a while. No, I think, I think given where we are in the whole development stages of NIL, I think there's no question that Ole Miss is ahead of the curve. Yeah. I think they've done a great job since Walker's taken over. I just, I love everything they're doing, how they're doing money, all that stuff. With all that being said, I'm glad I'm not him, by the way. Oh, me too. Gosh, bless his heart. Mm. All that being said, let's let's throw out some possibilities here. Okay. What does the collective number look like or where does what's what's going to football come this fall? Let's say you go to New Orleans and you lose to Tulane. Okay. And you come home and 
you lose to Georgia Tech. And then, I mean, it's a football game. Yeah, call it the, the chaos scenario. The chaos scenario. What and then it, you got to go play Alabama, LSU, and Arkansas. What does it mean for football? What it, happens to that collective dollar? It, it goes down. It becomes very difficult for people to raise money. Or they start moving to basketball, whatever yes. it is, right? They shift the money to other things. And so my point was, uh-huh. is like you end up creating a bigger separation from a have and the have-nots. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because Alabama's sure. going to be Alabama. Georgia's going to be Georgia. But that, that, second, that second group that's fighting to get to the first group, if they don't, and we're in a period right now where if you don't have a great year to show that you're that you're moving forward with the collective money where you're at, I think it's going to take a step backwards in some programs. The South Carolinas of the world, the Kentuckys, the Ole Misses of the world, the Arkansas of the world, that, that team that's fighting to get to the top. And then all of a sudden, the same thing, Texas A&M is going to be going through it, right? I mean, you're trying to get to that top level, and if you're not, there's going to be a separation. Doors rules is exactly right here. At least I think he is. If he's wrong, I'm, I'll be wrong with him. He says, uh, what is going to happen is people are going to see the SEC signed a $1 billion TV deal. Um, <laughs> That's good. Basically, you know, why, paraphrasing, am I giving $1,000 a year to an NIL, I think is what he's insinuating, Yep. on top of tickets, getting the games, hotels, gas, food. What the at, at, so, at, at some point, people are going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all are making so much money. Why don't y'all pay them? And that's when the schools go because they have to be employees. employees. That is, and I, we don't want them to be employees. And so you, you, it's, it's. This is, this is why when people are like, just fix it. Well, it's not that simple. It really can't. But I mean, they, you could if you could find a way legally, and maybe there's a way. Okay, maybe there's a way to get a federal Title IX exemption and to separate football from the rest of your athletics program and make football players employees. Now, I'm no legal expert. That would be hard. <laughs> that sounds very complicated. It's, that's very complicated. But perhaps there's a way to reach some some form of an exception, an exemption, and do it that way, at which point a lot of people could, okay, cool. Now, the way to how, do you, it, how you manage all that is beyond me. But, yeah. The but, way to do it that would never happen, though, because I've I looked at it because that was my to be honest with you when with that right there what you just said because mm-hmm. these schools are making money right so sure. SEC's getting a fifty million dollar check this year um, Big Ten's actually getting like fifty four million or whatever but that money's not going directly back into football I know but here's my yeah. point right so you're getting this check right it would it would create a you would have to in order to make this work the employee thing to work what we're talking about and everybody this utopia thing you would have to say. Hey, you're gonna have to um, give up your check, and it go into an NCAA pool. Not happening. No, you know, but that's what it would take. Yeah, that's the money that's there. Again, we're doing my fantasy world, yeah. real world, real world fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Can it work? Sure, <laughs> yeah. but this is what it's gonna take. Hey, uh, Big Ten, I need all your schools to hand me your fifty-four million dollar check, huh? Hey, uh, hey, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or check that. You know, Arkansas, need you to. Put, send me back that fifty million dollar check. We got to put it towards. Hey, now look, I know South Alabama can't give you anything. Well, they already their argument would be we're already doing this for you in basketball. Like, I mean, I keep waiting for the for the power four, five, whatever it is to go. Wait a minute, I got an idea. Let's let this basketball tournament be a money maker for us. Let's play our tournament. No. Screw Creighton. Hey, the, and make that first round matchup Michigan Ole Miss. See, I, I 
I'm I'm a big big East guy in basketball. So, but, but you understand my point. I'm, I'm just messing with yeah, you. Yeah, you understand my point. I do. Hey, I mean, like you mentioned Arkansas. Arkansas could go. We don't really have to play North Texas. Let's play North Carolina. Let's get our money. Yeah. And don't tell me it wouldn't make money. Of course it would. It's a tournament. So I mean, it, I, I just it, look none of these things that everybody talks about so far, and a lot of smart people, well-meaning, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because there's too much stuff around it. There's too many things. It's too convoluted. It's too. It's too complicated. It's not a simple. Yeah. Well, it's just. Uh, I think the only thing, and we'll finish this part up right here. I, I think the only thing that when I was clicking on that article, well, if they just want to do, a, it's not a, it's not a fix, but it would be a better fix. When I when I clicked on legislation, nil committee and all that stuff. I was expecting, and they addressed it a little bit in that article, I was expecting to see an article that said, hey, these are the rules regardless of what state you're located in. Because I think coaches and things like that just won't be on the same playing field. But you got, I don't know, you got a half dozen states or 15, 20 states, and a lot of them have big schools in them, are playing by a different, different set of rules than everybody else. And just put us on the same rules. So can our coaches be involved with the collectives or not? You know, some states, coaches, oh, we can't, we can't do anything. Right. Some coaches go do the fan fundraisers for the collective. It, it's totally... You know, every state would like to do that. You know, I mean, yeah. who wouldn't want their coach to show up at their uh, collective golf outing to raise money for your collective? You'd raise money. Sure. You know, I mean, sure. there's things that just put everybody on the same rules. Uh, Austin came in with a super chat, chat, said, I can tell you what's going to happen. Fans get poor. Um, I mean, I think you and I have talked about it. I think we're, we're going to see a decline in attendance this fall. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if it'll happen this fall, but, your, I, but I think it's coming. Yeah. I, I think yeah, it's I progressively think, going to. I think it's coming. Uh, it's, it's, it's coaches. Coaches are going to really have to be able to market themselves, their products. It's going to have the teams that win. They'll they'll still pack it. I can tell you all the bottom line is not going to change now. If your attendance goes down, the ticket prices are going to go up. They're going to end up with the same bottom line. Yeah, and that's just what happens. If you want to see ticket prices go down, that's when. But here's the thing: they're going. But here's going to get your money. You're right. But here's the thing: if you keep raising ticket prices and, and and inflation goes up, things that you can't even control in an athletics department, right? I mean, Keith Carter can't control the cost of gas at the pump at Kroger. Common sense party can though. Well, we could, <laughs> but if if it's you know four dollars a gallon to go to the games, and food's expensive, and the hotel's yep. expensive, and then you raise ticket prices on top of that, well, at some point something's got to give. Yep. Because either they're going to say, I'm going to fewer games so that I can give to NIL. Or, hey, you guys got to figure out that NIL part on your own. Because you, maybe those people are going to the games, not necessarily because the outcome of the game means that much to them. It's because, hey, our friends go. We, they, they tailgate or they that's, they that's where they see family or whatever. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean and it's not, you know, a lot. Look, I go to, I go to games. And on all these campuses, there's these – they might not be like the Grove or whatever, but like at LSU, they've got, you know, miles of right. people that are getting together. All of those people are not at that game in Baton Rouge to see the Tigers play. They're there for the experience. And so if you offer a lot of those people, hey, you can either give to a collective or you can keep coming and doing the jambalaya and gumbo. On, on They're going to pick the jambalaya and jumbo. They're, they're hanging out. And you said it. It's been a while, but I know you've said it on this show before. And it's, it's a big trickle. Everything you do is a big trickle-down effect, right? And the first thing that's going to happen is, hey, you know, I can't go to as many games this year. So I'm telling you, I'm not coming to that home game versus Mercer. 
I'm not going to that home game versus Tennessee Chattanooga. I'm not coming to that home game versus you know. It's any, it's any family five team. It's any family, Tyler. I'm What's picking the, this four. I'm picking these four. What are the first things in a family when you have a budget? You have a, you have a budget and you start having to make decisions and you get unexpected expenses. Okay. What are the things that get cut? You cancel your vacation. That trip to Disney doesn't happen. Maybe you drive instead of fly. Maybe instead of going to the beach, you just go to the lake for a day. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. I mean, that's what families do. That's it. So to expect that not to bleed into the college athletics world is completely unrealistic. And I know people in college athletics. They all know this. They're, they're not, they're not, most of them at least, are not morons. I mean, they, they fully know that there's a decent chance that this hits some sort of a crisis point, which gets back to my point, which is I, I know it frustrates people when they're like, what do you think? What do you, you, I'm almost like this breathless anticipation. I'm, I'm going to give them some answer. And my answer is always, it's going to work itself out one way or the other. That doesn't mean it's going to work it out amicably, but it's going to work itself out. Yeah. People aren't going to pay. People aren't going to put $8 million into basketball NIL for a program that struggles to make the NCAA tournament. No. They're just not. They're going to realize, okay, that's not working. I think I'm getting basketball season tickets this year, by the way. You better hurry. Yeah, I think I am. But he's an example, right? I mean, this is and this is what's going to happen on these campuses. We'll get off this topic. We'll use Beard as the example because dude's impressive. Okay? I mean, I know he had the thing in Austin and, and all that, but he's come here and is marketing the hell out of his program. And I don't know how long it's going to take. Might take more. He's talking about doing it right away. I'm kind of like, eh, you got to have to show me there. But because I covered the last two years of Ole Miss basketball, it was rough. It was not a good product. Nothing against the people. It just didn't work out. You were there. You saw it. They lost a lot I of games. I just like college basketball. I do too. They lost a lot of games. He's going to win. I don't know how long it's going to take, but he's going to win emphatically. No question in my mind. And he's going to be really good about doing the hobnob stuff and getting out and hitting people up for money and all that stuff in a way that, does, that they don't feel like they're just getting their wallet robbed. Those people, with rare exception, have to make decisions about where the money goes. When you take the family vacation, you don't typically go, hey, we're going to do a week at Disney and we're going to do 10 days at 30A. Well, you pick one or the other. Yeah. No, Tip typically. And so if you pick basketball... Where does that, where does that money come from? Because well, I, that, I think I'm being on when it comes to basketball. Well, you're talking about Chris Beard. I know this is so not basketball season, but I want to talk about it. I think I'm getting a deal by buying season tickets as compared to how much I'm going to want to go and pay to go to the game. Yeah, I because think so. I'm not an Ole Miss fan. I am a basketball fan. But you really I like, like college watch, basketball, though. But I like I like quality watching quality basketball, yeah, right? So yeah. when I went to Ole Miss games this past year, and my, I take my boys, it was hey, we're gonna go see a good team play. All right, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I want to go watch good basketball, yeah, and um, or a tournament team or something. You know, coming yeah, to town, sure. or whatever. Alabama's coming to town. Auburn's yeah, coming to town. Wanna, yeah, I good teams. Go, mm -hmm. I want to go watch quality sure. basketball. Sure. And uh, I think there's going to be quality basketball in the home court ever. I do too. Every and given every how game. good the league is, I think you're going to see a lot of really good games. Yeah. I mean, you know, Buzz Williams isn't going to forget how to coach. No, he's fun to watch. Uh, Calipari, um, the guy at Missouri's a really good coach. Uh, Nate Oates, Bruce Pearl, Eric Musselman. I mean, yep. it's a good. That's pretty much who Rick, I want to go see. Rick Barnes. <laughs> 
points. I mean, it's those a, are the games I went to. I went to every one of those games you're talking about. I mean, it's a hell of a league. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I agree with you. All right. Getting more bills paid before we finish this thing up. Yep. Uh, we are brought to you each and every week by our friends at Walk On Sports Bistro, where they put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. So they opened a store in Columbia, Missouri, just today. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine. Po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. All in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. It won't be long before we're tailgating. They can take care of your tailgating needs at Walk-Ons. Inquire about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters. You can also order online at walkons.com or on the convenient Walk-Ons app, especially if you live in Oxford or the Jackson, Mississippi area. Stop by your local walk-ons, and please tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring this show. And it's uh, getting hot outside. Summer is literally right around the corner. So make sure that air conditioner is in tip-top shape if you live in the uh, North Mississippi slash Memphis areas. Get in touch with our friends at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products, same great people, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or that area, call Comer, 662 801-1777. And if you live in Hernando, South Haven, Olive Branch, Memphis, that area, get in touch with our friends at Southern 662-429-4429. And again, a reminder, we're always brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I'm rocking the harvest grape today. Yeah. Um, Good. Oh, it's the rainstorms. Like I'm low key addicted. I mean, they're good because they're, I, mean, I don't know why. I mean, it's just the, every flavor is really good, but they don't give me the, the same crack as the big cans. So next batch of aluminum cans, we got to work on the crack. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're just not as good. They don't have the, they don't have the same sound. They don't have the same crispness of the crack, but they are good. No, it's good stuff. Um, finishing this thing up, um, Jim Brown passed away. Um, nine seasons in the NFL as a running back before he went off to become an actor and do all other things. Mm-hmm. Do you know he led the NFL rushing every single year but one when he got hurt? Seems like I did know that. And Unqu- I knew a lot. Unquestionably one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I, I knew a lot about Jim Brown stuff, obviously mm-hmm. growing up and everything and as an actor, any given Sunday, the whole deal, right? And so that was my the last movie that I liked he did. But I started reading a little little stuff about him. Is Jim Brown, why is he left out of the discussions when you talk about the greatest athletes to ever play the game, ever play, period? He's never in the discussion. His name never comes up. Probably because, A, he played a long time ago and we didn't get to see him. And B, he didn't have as long of a career as the people that we typically talk about. I mean, this guy was uh, all American lacrosse player. Yeah, he literally—I was reading this stuff. They had to change the rules of lacrosse because of the way he played. Because <laughs> he dominated it too much. I mean, like there was a rule that you had to have the stick moving the whole time because he would just apparently keep it close to his chest and just run everybody over. I mean, that he he changed the rules of lacrosse. He is in the lacrosse Hall of Fame as well. I mean, um, he are, was. There are people who believe he's the greatest lacrosse player ever. He finished fifth in like the decathlon or something. Yeah, he yeah. Um, he was the second leading scorer on the Syracuse University basketball team, or is it University of Syracuse, whichever one it is? Syracuse University. 
He was the second leading scorer, averaged 15 points a night in basketball, was a track and field star, lacrosse star, and one of the greatest football players to ever play. I mean, but he's always left off those discussions. Again, it's probably just a time thing. Yeah, but dude, that's impressive. I mean, he played nine years, um, had 1,000 yards every year, but his one hurt year, he ran for like 960-something. I was looking it up, read it. Um, average, he, I think he's the only NFL running back to ever average over 100 yards in every game he played. Oh, ever. Ever. I mean, it's there's some impressive stuff there. It was a nine-time nine All-Pro, played nine seasons. Yeah. I mean, just and shut it down, left at the top. Because he had other other interests, obviously. Yes, there was a lot more to him. He became a, like you said, an actor, an activist. Um, led a very influential life off of the playing field as yeah, well. GJ says it. Now I read this in some of the articles that they think he may be the best lacrosse player to ever play the game. Yeah, and that's just. But he's gone. He was. He would. He had. Uh, you didn't realize how old he was because he never looked that old. Like in any given Sunday, he doesn't look that old. I'm not maybe he's old now, but. He aged pretty quickly, and I guess his body took a beating. Um, I asked you before this, and I was going to tell the the listeners of this because I'm sure everybody has a Netflix account. And if you don't have a Netflix account, that's because you're spending too much time playing Oregon Trail on the floppy disk on your Google machine. The Conor McGregor documentary on Netflix, I encourage if you have a son that's in athletics, they should watch that. And not about you know, fighting and all this stuff. And uh, Brock and I were having this conversation on one of our long car rides this weekend. He's like, Dad, I didn't realize. He goes, Conor McGregor's kind of crazy. It's like, what are you talking about? I thought he was referring to there's a scene where he throws, he he does go crazy and throws some stuff. He goes, I mean, mentally, he was, the way he was mentally, it's, I said, no, son. So that's where it's different. His mentality, he's like, I've never seen that in a human being. I said, I've seen it a lot. The great ones. So, they, like, that's the part about Jordan, Kobe. That's what separates them. Yeah. It, it is. Your mentality. Gretzky. Yeah. And I've, I know I've said this on here, but it's a great time to repeat it. Bubby Brister. Yes, Bubby Brister. When I went to Alabama, I looked out there and I was like, dude, there's 85. Every kid on scholarship was good enough to play in the NFL. But why didn't they? What separated this guy from this guy? And it's their if you just break it down to its core, it's their mentality. And it's that's the mentality of greatness doesn't exist much anymore. I mean, it's it's discipline, it's your it's your confidence. And that's what I was kind of I was all fired. That's what I like about Brooks Kepka is his mentality. It, you, your mentality and how you approach life. I mean, hell, if you're if it's just a marriage or if it's your business or whatever you're you're doing, but your mentality. And how much that you want to push through things and when things don't go through and how you respond to adversity and, and having some confidence and self-belief in your skill set and what you're doing. That's a that's a powerful thing, man. It's hard to have. And it's not easy. You know, and when people are when people of that magnitude have a regression, and it's it's usually because of their mentality. I mean, I've talked about this before. I mean, I'm not saying that he's one of the all-time greats. He'll, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, Russell Westbrook. Yeah. A lot of times people will be like, why do you do some of the stuff you do? 
And the honest answer, he didn't give it, but people around him did because he's terrified that if he lets that chip get off his shoulder that he won't be the same guy. There, there's if truth does, to that. If he, he's terrified that if he doesn't play with that disrespect where he feels like he was disrespected, right, where he didn't get he didn't get a scholarship offer until late in the process, and he only got a scholarship offer because a kid went pro, and he didn't start, and you know he, he it was the, the the Supersonics who are now the Thunder were ridiculed for taking him as early as they did. If he didn't put all of that, if he ever let that stuff get off his the chip off his shoulder, and go, hey, I made it, I'm MVP, I'm a I'm an All Star, won't be the same dude. No. Right? And so I can't relate to that because I'm not wired that way. Neither are 99 point whatever percent of us. I mean, I can sort of try to relate to that, but I, I, don't, I don't have that dog mentality. I, I, don't, I don't think like that. If anything, I struggle with that. On a personal level, for me, like confidence is just something I don't possess. Right? I don't have it. And so you, and you can't. I, people go, well, you should have it. Well, I can't create it. I can't make it be. So – I get it. People are wired differently. That's why those 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 cats like that not only are look, I always like to talk about Kobe because I think Kobe's fascinating. There were basketball players who were every bit as good as Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Physically. You know, I mean that's Co- all, yeah. Kobe was special. Yeah. I mean, you know, just have Kobe just been just kind of a laissez faire But he wasn't the only elite. He's not the only elite talent to play in the NBA. No, he's not the only six foot six guy who can jump out of the gym with a good jump shot. Right. No. I've, I've, no. Not even. There's a bunch of those cats. I mean, they, they're all incredible. But, you know, I mean, he would have played in the NBA if he'd just been an average dude because he, he, he had that skill set. But what made him elite is the mentality. It's Jordan was that way. It was his competitiveness. I mean, Michael Jordan was, what, 6'5"? Um, he was a great athlete. He could jump out of the building. But, again, you're playing in a league full of people that can jump out of buildings. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tracy McGrady probably was a better athlete than those guys. And here, here's what you're going to get out of it. And this is why I, I, you should have if – you, if, hell, you should watch it if you don't have a son. It's, it's a great mentality because here's the one thing that um, – I probably got out of it the most, or I hope my son got out of it. I, I didn't get much out of it, but I, that's just how I am. But the guy's made, you know, he made $600 million sell, selling his uh, whiskey, proper 12. He's made $180 million doing a fight. I mean, he, he's made a bunch of money. He's on a yacht and all that stuff. And he says it, you know, he, he believes there's, he believes in hard work. And, that's the thing that I wish that every young player there, – there's big a huge generational thing that's taking place in athletics, in my opinion. And it's in every sport, probably in the last 25 to 30 years, and that is the value of hard work. Yeah, let's take baseball, for example. If you want to be a really good baseball player and you want to go play college baseball or Major League Baseball and stuff, you don't just show up at practice and that's when you take batting practice. Man, you get up, you take cuts. You go Before you go to sleep, you take cuts. You work on your craft all the time because there is no substitute for hard work. There is no substitute for reps. 
it takes hard work. If you want to be good in something, you yeah. have to work at it. Yeah. All right. That because once you get to the higher levels of your sport, everyone is talented. Everyone is talented. So you have to, if everyone is on the same plane, you have to separate yourself. And the only thing that's going to separate yourself is hard work. And I think a lot of times, like, hey, like, like let's take baseball, okay? Everybody in here, you've been to the park even when you were younger. There's always that kid, right? That park kid that's bigger than everybody else, that's talented, more talented than everybody else. And he just naturally goes out there and is better than everybody else. But as he gets older and testosterone starts catching up and growth spurt starts catching up and everybody starts catching up talent-wise, you have to have something to continue to separate yourself. And that and that's the mentality that I hope everybody gets out of that show and I hope my kid gets out of it because there is no shortcut to the top. There is none. And it's like I, I told my guys yesterday after we got our shit kicked out of us all weekend, all right, we didn't hit worth a shit. All right. We all right. were terrible. You're doing the all right. Yeah, I, I get that sometimes. It's yeah. kind of ingrained in my yeah, head. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you can't just expect that whenever we practice again, because we practice once or twice a week, you can't just show up and take 50 minutes of batting practice and let's go into the next game and, and hope we start hitting the ball. I don't know, man. You have to freaking work on it. I think at that level, what you're describing, the coaching is so paramount. It is. I think on those in those tournaments, Jeez. you can tell who the great coaches are and who the – well, the, let me tell you who didn't make the, the all coaches. coaches. Let me tell you who didn't make the all coaches list this weekend. But you, but you get my point. The all kidding aside, I do, is I do. it really bothers me when people they get to that level and go, "Man, I just, you know, I couldn't do no bullshit." You didn't work. Yeah, you were in there playing video games instead of working. Hey, instead of working on your pitching mechanics outside and working on your balance and drive, you were inside playing Xbox. Yeah, that's the trade off you made. Right. So don't complain. When you walk 45 fucking batters in a row, all right, don't get lot. mad. That's a lot of Mom and dad can't get mad when you get pulled after, after an inning and a half. That's 180 pitches. That's irresponsible on your part to let him walk 45 straight in. We did let one kid go a little bit long this weekend. I was a little upset, but I thought he was doing a really good job, and he seemed to be okay. Let him throw about 90. I mean, what you just described, though, 45 walk, walks. Not if you hit him on the first pitch, boss. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Well, that wouldn't be a walk. That'd be an HPP. <laughs> okay. Well, can can combat it. But um, that's all I got. All right. We'll uh, be back Thursday. One more this week. Next week will be a one-week um, show because of Memorial Day as we get rolling into the summer months. Thanks to everybody for being in the stream with us. Thanks to our friends at Rain for uh, making this show possible. We will see you guys on Thursday. For Tyler, I'm Neil. Take care.